How you guys doing? Decent at best, I can tell. Okay, so how are you guys doing? All right, all right, fantastic. I have to give a quick shout out to, uh, if you guys didn't notice, uh, Sarah, where's Sarah at? Sarah, raise your cast up in the air. <laughs> Sarah was playing the piano with five fingers and, I mean, that's, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and, and Sarah could tell you the story of all that stuff and she'll probably tell you it way better than I could, but yeah, it's awesome that she's even playing with us tonight. Also, a quick shout out to my man in the back, Echo, um, is Jaira. Uh, Jaira rocking the bass tonight. Like, did you guys see that dude? Like, he was, he's been playing like four days. And like, he just, he's been playing like a month. Come on, Jaira, seriously, how long have you been playing? Like a month? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Jaira's been playing like a month. So y'all give it up for Jaira. Jaira did incredible tonight. So he's still got one more, two more songs. So, but just, uh, yeah, he's, he's awesome. But um, I'm excited to talk with you guys tonight and share with y'all. Um, but uh, we've been in this series called Take the Land. And what we've been going about is, is, is can anybody tell me what the, what the principle is that we're talking about tonight? I feel bad for calling my, I got my own small group. Like, I feel like, but Alec is literally the only person raising his hand. <laughs> Alec! Yes! You get a candy bar. Uh, so, y'all didn't know that was what I was going to give out. I don't have candy bars, but I'll get it later. Anyways, uh, so, so yeah, remember the word, take the land. That's what we've been talking about. We can throw that principle on the screen there, um, is that we have been talking about remembering the word, take the land. That has been our whole challenge with you guys the last several weeks, and we've been going through this series that we want you guys uh, to remember what God has said, what God has promised, what God has given in his word, and to take it to heart and to really move forward with it. And uh, in the last couple of weeks, we talked about uh, what we did with these flags here. We have these flags up here that kind of represent uh, people and things and places and areas we have influence in. But we're saying, God, I want you to do a work in my life. I want you to do a work in the land here. I want you to do a work where, God, I believe that you can use me. And so we, we put these flags up here. And then lastly, we talked about um, the sin in our life, about, about, about killing the sin that we have in our lives. And, and, and we get jazzed, we get excited, and so we're going to kind of close out this series this week. I want to, I want to kind of give us some, some action steps, some, some, some ways that we're going to move forward, some ways that we're going to, to, to not just have these be great ideas and just flags in the sand, but for us to be able to say, you know, I, I, like, God is the one who accomplished the work in me, and I'm allowing him to do that through steps I'm going to take in my life. And so um, that's what we've been talking about. So uh, for those of you guys who don't know, I don't hail from this great state of Nevada. Um, does anybody know what state I'm from? Germany, Germany correct. No. Uh, I'm glad. <laughs> more money. Anyways, so, so I grew up in Alabama. I grew up for the most part in Alabama. Uh, shout out for Alabama. Someone said, oh yeah, Hannah. Okay, so represent from Alabama, the Alabohemians in the room. Um, and, uh, and I moved, it'll be, in two weeks, it'll be five years since I moved out here. And so, yeah, so I am so excited. And I will never go back. Uh, and so, but I, I love it out here. Uh, but there's just some things, some things that I've really missed since, since moving out here. There's some things that I just, I, I just, man, it, I, I used to, I used to go fishing, like literally fishing in my backyard. Like I had like a river, go grab my poles, go fishing. And then I used to have, um, I used to go hunt with my dad. Those are the things I missed. I used to I used to go dove hunt with my dad. Not like the pretty white doves, like the ugly gray ones. They don't count. And so um, <laughs> they're not real. And so uh, so yeah. So I, I used to love doing stuff like outdoors, that kind of stuff. And you can't really do much hunting in the desert uh, unless it's quail. 
but those are awful. Anyways, so, uh, so anyways, so I miss those kinds of things, but here's something I also miss, and, and, and this is something, if you're from the South, you know exactly what I'm talking about, is this thing called Southern White Cheese Dip, okay? I see some, not, some heads nodding in the room here. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that this week has been a great week for me. <laughs> and so, and so, uh, but, uh, so anyways, so, so we, uh, so this week, uh, this, this white cheese dip, what it is, Mexican out here is so different. Mexican food out here is, is just, is not even the same, okay? Like Mexican food in the South, it's all Americanized. It's all like, you know, like, you know, like, it's all like the white people American food. And that's okay. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, I, I, they're like, it's not authentic. It's not real. Like, I don't care. Give me the fake stuff all day. Like, I want the stuff that's not real. And so, Cole back there is not a set. You know what I'm talking about. And so, and so the, there's this stuff called white cheese dip that they can literally put anything on and it makes it taste incredible. Okay, and since moving out here, I've I've missed it so much. Like I I have not seen anybody. Like when I got out of here like five years ago, like Mike and I, we went to like every restaurant. Like we went to like every restaurant, and like we tried to find like any place that would have this stuff. And when we asked for queso, they brought us like a bowl of shredded cheese, and we're like, well, this is ridiculous. And so, and so we, it wasn't it wasn't the same. And and we asked for nachos, and they melted the cheese on top of the chips. Who does that? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> and so uh, and so anyways. Our, our journey finally came to an end uh, this week. Um, Micah got a group on for Casa Don Juan's. And uh, oh man, it was good. Let me tell you. So, so Micah and I, we didn't even know they had cheese dip. We walked in this restaurant and, uh, and we, we went and had a seat. And the lady came and she, and she got our drink orders. And then she came back and she said, Would you guys like to try some cheese dip? And my heart stopped. And, and I was like, No. What? <laughs> And like, and Mike even clarified, white cheese dip, right? And she's like, of course. And I was like, where have you guys been the last several years of my life? And so like, she came, she brought it out, and, and, she, and she put it in front of us, and like, and we're just looking at it. Like, we didn't even, we didn't take a bite, we were just like looking at it. We're just like, this is it. For five years, we've been waiting for this moment, and like, here it is, right in front of us. So we grab a chip, we look at each other, and we, we dip, and we hesitate for a moment. We put it in our mouths. Oh my gosh, it was so good. <laughs> it was worth the five years of waiting because it was so delicious. And like, and like, we were like, she's like, you guys want another bowl? And we're like, of course. And so she brings out another bowl and we devour that bowl like in like five seconds. And we ask for a jug. And she's like, are you serious? We're like, do we look crazy? And so, oh my gosh, it was so delicious. And, and the funny thing was, is like, we tweeted about it later and like, we got like 50 responses from people like, Oh, I've heard about this restaurant before. We've been there many times. You are not my friend anymore, okay? If you knew about that place and you never told me about it, you are not my friend. I promise you. Unfriended at the moment. Unfollowed. Not really. And so, anyways, five long years of waiting, and we finally got our cheese dip, which has to do with our verses tonight. <coughs> yes. So, uh, we're guys, this week, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 24. So go ahead and turn there right now, Joshua chapter 24. But I want to catch this up for a moment. We've been talking about Joshua in the promised land, and basically we're going to skip like 12 chapters. And, and here's, what, here's what I don't want you guys to miss. I don't want you, I want you guys, I don't want you to miss, it's, it's not that it's not important that we're going to cover this in depth, 11 through like 23, um, but it's just kind of like some, 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 te- some te- tedious things. Like what's going on is Joshua, he's talking to, he, he brings his leaders together, and he, and he starts divvying up the land. And if we, if we breeze over, it can kind of seem like, well, he's just kind of like divvying up the land. Like, it's not a big deal. And so, like, he says, like, Ephraim, you guys get this. And, the, you know, you guys get that. And, Judah, you guys get this. And you guys get this land and this land and this land. And he divvies it up. 
And what, what happens is like, is if, if, we don't, if we don't see what's going on here, we miss it. Because what, what's happening at that very, very moment is like, is, is a promise of God being actualized right then at that moment. God promised Abraham like 700 years before this time. He said, I'm going to give you a people. I'm going to have like your, your offspring are going to outnumber the sands. He's like, I'm going to do this for you. I'm also going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a place of permanence. I'm going to give you a place of, of, of rest. Like I'm going to give you a place where you guys can live and dwell and grow as a people. And like this moment, like this is it. Like 700 years ago. What were you guys doing 700 years ago? Nothing. Um, but like, could you guys imagine like how long, like 700 years? That's like 1300s. Like 1300s, like, and then someone said, hey, listen, something's going to happen, and I'm going to promise it to you in the 1300s, and it's not going to happen until the year 2012. That's crazy. And, and what's so awesome about the people of God is, like, uh, imagine this, and, and here's, what, here's, the, here's the, your first slide over here. It, it says this, and I want you guys to get this point. It says, God's faithfulness is not based on what we want, but on his promises. God's faithfulness is not based upon what we want, but on his promises. Say it one more time. God's faithfulness is not based upon what we want, but on his promises. Does anybody want to wait 700 years for anything? I mean, imagine, think about that. Think about, think about that, that thought. Like, hey guys, I'm going to give you a promise, but guess what? You're not going to see it for 700 years. Like, anybody like, sign me up. I want to get on that train. Like, you know, like, you know, like you're going to do something for me in 700 years? Like, my great, 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 great grandkids can see it. You know, like, that's how, that's how far that is. I mean, it's so crazy. Like, imagine that. Like, hey, you guys can have this promise. I mean, like, if I wanted it my way, I would have said, no, I want it, I want it this way. I want it, I want it, I want it in, a, in a different way. I want it short. I want it quick. I don't want to wait for this promise to come true. I don't want to wait for God's promises to happen. Like, I want, it happen, I want it to happen now. I want it to happen right now. But God's people were told, I'm, this is going to happen. And there's a ton of things that happen in between them. We're going to get to that later. But God said, it's going to happen. Just follow me, walk with me, be with me. And it may not be the way you want it to happen. It's the way that it will happen. Because I promise it to happen that way. So, um, I haven't told you guys or shared many, uh, some of you guys know this, but I haven't shared this in a public setting before. Um, my, uh, <coughs> my mom, she got like real, real sick when I was about like 12 years old. How many of you guys are 12 in the room? Like most of you guys are 12. So like I'm 25 now. Um, and my mom has been sick, basically, for that part of my life. So for the majority of my life, my mom's been, like, real sick. And uh, when I was 12, um, she was a very successful businesswoman. She, uh, she kind of owned her own branch of a business uh, in Huntsville, Alabama at the time. And she, uh, she had to stop working. She had to go on disability. And, uh, and she's still on disability to this day. Um, and and she, uh, she, she had to stop working. The, the headaches were getting too bad. She was just getting real ill. I mean, like, we're talking, like, hours of sleeping, um, like, unbearable headaches, pain in the neck and the back and, and the head, and just, like, she was just ill all the time. Like, since I was 12, and I remember, like, we didn't know what it was for years. Like, we had no clue what it was. And I remember being, like, 15 years old, and I remember like, my mom waking me up at, like, real late at night, like, midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, and my, at the time, my dad was, he was living in, in Washington, D.C., and he, uh, so he couldn't come back home and stuff. And so, um, but I, we remember my sister and I used to take turns waking up and take my mom to the hospital, like real, real late. Um, we'd get back at like four in the morning, get a couple hours of sleep, and then go to school the next day. And 
for us as like a, a teenager, you know, it was, it, was, it was incredibly difficult because you're going to church and you're, and you're walking this relationship with God. And I was pretty new to this whole relationship with God thing at the time. Um, it was hard to find the answers to the questions of, God, why? Like, why my mom? And, and years later, we found out that, um, that what it was, it's an, it's an immune deficiency disorder. And it's genetic. And so, like, they, they know exactly, like, where the chromosome is. Like, they've done all kinds of research, and she's been on all kinds of hospitals and all kinds of tests. And they found out that, like, like that we know exactly where it's at and what's causing the problem. And, like, but we can't do anything about it. And so for years, my mom has had to kind of deal with this. And so, like, what it basically what her body doesn't do is produce blood cells that fight off, like, sickness, like just normal things like that. And, and so, I mean, for years, like, we just didn't know what it was, and finally we found out what it was, and there was some sort of peace in that, but still, she has to get treatments and things like that. But the question still begged my mind was, God, why? Because it wasn't like somebody else did this to her. It's not like somebody else gave her this disease. Like, God made my mom, created her, and made her in a way that this would happen when she was in her 40s, when she was in her late 30s. That, I would, that we would find out that there's nothing that they can do about it. They can just kind of sustain and just kind of keep the, the comfort of life just kind of going. And, and for me, this, this truth, my mom, she, she is incredible. And, um, and my mom will, will never blame God for anything. I mean, she loves Jesus to death. And that, for me, is one of the most inspiring things is the, is the fact that she can look at this whole situation, this whole relation, this whole thing of she didn't deserve, she, I mean, she didn't even do anything to get this way. But every doctor that walks in the room, she tells them about Jesus. Every nurse, every anesthesiologist, every intern at the hospital, my mom shares the gospel with them. She shares Jesus with them. And and, and, it, and no longer I'm asking God why. I, I see it now. I, I see it more and more. Because this truth has become, as, as, as a 25-year-old, my mom this last year has had three blood clots in her lungs, and like no one should have even like one of those. And so like I still, on a daily basis, have to wrestle with this. Like, God, show me your faithfulness. Because here's the, here's the truth, that man, it's not what I want. It's about what he's promised. Do I want my mom to be sick? No. Do I want my mom to be ill? Do I want my mom to leave me early? No. But God's faithfulness to me is, is, this is what he's promised. And for us, we can ask this the question, God never promised us that every person that got sick would be healed. God never promised that every person that was in the hospital would come home. God never promised us that our families would stay intact, that our, that our, that our families wouldn't break apart. God never promised that your parents wouldn't stay together. What he did promise us, though, is in Psalm 55, he says that those who cast their cares upon the Lord, he will sustain them. That's what he's promised. And for me, like, that's the, that's the anthem that I'm going to raise until the day that I die, is that God, when I have a burden, he will sustain me. That when I have an, a struggle, man, God's going to lift me up. And I, and I want to read real quick, and this is just so appropriate, and as I was reading this today, is Psalm, 40, is Psalm 40, verse 29. He says, He gives power to the faint 
and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And for those of us in the room that are doubting God's faithfulness, is it really us doubting us God's faithfulness? Or is it us just not seeing what God wants us to see? Are we, are we the ones saying that I, this is what I want? This is not the way that I want things to happen. So therefore, God's not faithful because I don't want something to happen? No. God's faithful because of what he's promised. And he promises us that we bring our cares, bring our burdens, bring our issues, our struggles, all of our junk to the floor, to the table. God says, I will sustain you. God says, I will give you rest. I will give you a peace that surpasses understanding. As we move forward in this, uh, Joshua chapter 24. Um, Joshua gathers all the leaders together. He's given up all the land and stuff. And in Joshua chapter 24, he starts, he, he brings all the, all the leaders together and he's, he's about to like, he's kind of like giving his last hurrah. He's like, I'm not going to be here much longer. I don't know if all you guys are going to get together again. He's like, I want I I I you guys to get this one thing before I go. And so what he does is he starts going through this whole timeline of, 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 of Israel. He says this, and he says, uh, Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to session and summoned the elders and leaders, uh, the heads and the judges and the officers of, of Israel, and they presented God, uh, they themselves before God. Uh, and Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates, Terah, the father of Abraham, and of Nahor, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac. And, and, and here's what he's doing. He, and he goes on for like 10 more verses. And he says, he says I, I, let, me, let, me, let me show you guys what God's done. He says, you know, these last 700 years have not been easy for us. He's like, you know, we've, we've gone through so many trials. We've gone through so many tribulations. We've been through Egypt and slavery. We, we've been through all kinds of battles and fights. He's like, but, but here's, here's, the, here's the crazy thing. He's like, God is faithful. And he shares all this story. And here's what's awesome. Look at verse, uh, look at verse 15. Um, sorry, 14 and 15. He says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and into Egypt and serve the Lord. Uh, and if it is evil in the eyes of the, uh, eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of the fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in which land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, and here's what we see. We see that he's, he's, he's showing this timeline. He's showing this, this history of, 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 of what Israel's been through. And he says, this is what spurs you on to obedience and walk in faithfulness. When you see how God has worked so many times in the past before you, you can, you can, you can be confident in obedience. You walk forward. You can look back at your timeline. You can look back at this history and see, all the times that God rescued you, that all the times that if, if God wasn't there, you would have been sunk. And what this does is it progresses me forward to walk and to say that I can now say that, okay, because of what God has done in the past, I am now obedient in the future. Because of what I've seen God do in the past, I can now be obedient in the future. And, and here's the thing, for many of us, we don't have this timeline set up. Like, we can look at the Bible and say, yeah, I can see the things that happened in the Bible, but for my own life, it's hard for me to see where God's been and how God's worked and, how, and what, he, what he's done. I know the things in my own life and the things that he's done in my life. But for many of us in the room, I feel like there might be a, a, quite a few of us that have a hard time saying, yeah, I've seen where God's worked. or I, I've seen where God is, has, has done this. 
And, and, and here's why. Because we haven't made decisions that, that require great risk, that have great risk in them. And here's your, 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 your second truth. It says this. It says, we develop our timeline when we make decisions of greater risk. We develop our timeline when we make decisions of greater risk. And I'm not talking like, I'm going to go jump off this building and do a backflip, and if God saves me, that's my great risk. Like, that's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking like extreme sports kind of craziness. I'm talking like simple risks. I'm going to go share the gospel with that guy at the lunch table tomorrow. Or I'm, I'm, going, to be, I'm going to be open to befriending this guy on my, on my football team. Or, listen, I'm going, to, I'm going to get a job somewhere that requires me to share my faith and, and be in an environment of people that don't know who God is. I'm going, to, I'm going to go somewhere and, and do something. I'm going, to, you know, I'm going to commit right now. Man, I want to go serve in an overseas mission trip this year. And I don't know where the money's going to come from. It's going to cost, cost like $4,000. I don't know where that money's going to come from, but listen, I'm going to take a great risk. And for many of us in the room, that's what it needs to take. For us to start developing this timeline in our life where we start seeing, man, if God didn't show up here, I would have been sunk. If God didn't show up here, I would have been over with. And I see this faithfulness of God showing over and over and over and over and over again in my life. And this is what it does. It propels me forward. It moves me forward because I, I start seeing God's faithfulness. I'm like, man, this, is, this, is, this isn't a joke anymore. It's not just a Sunday afternoon thing. It's not just a Sunday morning thing anymore. It becomes a real relationship where daily I'm taking these risks in my life where I'm saying, God, I'm going to trust you in this. I'm going I'm I'm to share the gospel with my friend. And when he comes to Christ, I'm going to be like, this is real. And, and, and I'm going I'm to start moving forward, and I'm going to share the gospel with somebody else in my life that needs to hear that same truth. Or I'm going I'm to start making decisions that take me away from the garbage that I'm surrounded in. I'm going to start taking away, steps away from my addictions in life. And I'm going to take a risk and say that I don't need to date anybody for a while. I don't need to see people for a while because I need to focus my entire relationship on God right now. And listen, that's going to risk my entire social popularity. That's going to risk everything for me. And when we see that God is so faithful to answer those things that he's promised us, when we see that, man, if all it takes is just us just taking that one step and saying, God, I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to do it. We say that God's faithful. We start building this timeline of our lives where it says again and again and again, God shows up, and there's no explanation of the fact that he is the one who's done it. He is the one who's worked. And then that moves us forward, and we start taking greater risk and crazier risk. And people start looking at our lives and start saying, man, you're taking this Jesus thing really seriously. And you're like, I'm not taking it seriously. I'm just taking it the way that God's told me to, the way that God told me to live in obedience with him. That's what I'm doing. And that's what I'm encouraging you guys to do. Take those risks. What are those risks in your life? As, as, as it goes on, 16 through 23, um, what happens in the next part uh, in chapter 16, he says this, the people answered, uh, far be it from us uh, that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. They're, they're like mildly offended that as, 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 as Josh was sharing with these people, they're like, hey, listen, like, you know, Josh, we, we get it, man. We're, we're, we're cool. Like, we're, you know, we're, we're, we've been here for a while. Like, we, we've been following God. Like, we get it, you know. We get it. We're not going to fall away. And Joshua's like, no, like, you don't understand. And he goes on for like, they go on for like the next like 10 verses, just back and forth, back and forth. Joshua's like, listen, guys, serve God all the days of your life. And they're like, we get it. We're going to do that. And they're like, he's like, no, no, seriously, you don't understand. Like, put away the garbage that you used to see. And they're like, no, no, we get it. Like, we're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to do this. We get this. And I feel like that's been us the last like several weeks. If we can kind of compare ourselves and put ourselves in the story right now, this is us in the flag. This is us in our sin last week. 
where, where, where Scott's up here t- telling us and we're getting so jazzed and we're putting, we're putting flags in the ground and we're saying, God, I'm going to get these people. I'm going after these people. And we get so psyched and then like Monday morning, we're like, man, that was really cool last night. Do you remember that? That was really cool. And then like, and that's it. And then like last night, and like, you know, last week, the whole like, let's go, let's go kill our sin. Like, let's go like fight our sin away. Let's go like really get violent against this stuff and like start taking stands against the garbage and junk that's in our lives. And we get so jazzed. We're like, yeah, let's do this. And then like the next day we're like, cool. You know, like it's just, it's, it's just another thing that we breeze over. It's a great service. And, and Joshua gets that. Joshua gets that. Because everything's so crystal clear up here, but the execution he knows is going to be a, a struggle for these people. So this is what he does in chapter 24, or in, in 24, verse 25. He says this. He says, So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and put in place statutes and rules for them at Sheshem. Joshua understood this, this principle, this, this concept that, listen, we're all passionate people. When we, when we start hearing like motivational speakers and stuff like that, and we start getting excited, it's great, and we get motivated. But if we don't start putting steps in place that says, okay, I'm going to really do this. I'm going to really grab hold of this. I'm going to really take steps and actually make a difference on my football team. I'm going to make a difference on my volleyball team. I'm going to make a difference at work. I'm going to make a difference in my dad's life, in my family's life. And unless we start putting things into practice and, and things actually actualize, it's just great ideas, and they don't, they don't, they don't count for anything. And so here's what, I, here's what we, I kind of package that as. It says, we need guidelines and guardrails to put action to our commitments. That's your, that's your blank there at the bottom. It says, we need guidelines and guardrails to put action to our commitments. In the back of your seats right now, you guys can find these, uh, these, little, these little cards right here with like rocks on them and stuff. Um, so you, every, 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 all y'all grab one of these out here. Okay. So right here in the back of the seats, looks like this. All right. Because here's what he says. 26. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set up there under the terebinth that was next to the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness against us, for, for it has heard all the words of the Lord. And he spoke to us, therefore it shall be a witness against you, lest you deal falsely with your, with your God. Josh was saying, hey, listen, there's some things in your life that you need to, that, that, that you're right. You want to do this. But here's what it's going to take. You setting up some guidelines and you setting up some guardrails. And we're going to make a commitment here. And here's what this is for us. Is we're going to write these guidelines and guardrails on our, on, our, on, our, on our sheets here. And I just put guidelines right here for mine and guardrails right here for me. And here's what this is. Let me explain this to you. Here's what, here's what I mean by guidelines. Here's what it means. Because it's, it's, not, it's not rules. This isn't like attacking on like a Pharisee saying, hey, listen, if you love God more, you're going to do this. This is not what we're saying. I'm not saying, hey, guys, to add to this whole Christian faith, you've got to do more rules. Here's what I'm saying. We, it's, it's all great ideas until we can execute these things. Until we can say, I want to put into practice what I preach. And, and the crazy thing is, is that Scott actually read my flag last week. <laughs> Fred, Naboo, and Emmanuel, like that, those, are, those are three guys in my life right now that I am passionate about pursuing so that they can know who Jesus is. And, and, and those three guys, and this is the thing, we're not absolved from that. Your leaders aren't absolved from that. We are in the same battle, in the same struggle, in the same trials as you guys are in because we want you guys to know that it doesn't end when you're in high school or in middle school. It goes on for the rest of your life. But here's what your guidelines are. What steps need to take place in order for you 
to move forward with what you've put in the ground here as far as you taking in the land? What guidelines need to happen? What, what, what steps need to take place? Do you need to go have lunch with that person? Maybe, maybe, maybe you're saying, I want to I read the Bible more. Maybe it's just picking a book out. You've got to be specific. It can't be generic and say, I'm going to read the Bible and pray more. That is not a guideline. <laughs> that is a generic statement. Your guideline is personal to you. And here's what it is. There's something in your life that you need to do right now. And, and it's something, it, it might be towards these flags. It might be towards your own personal relationship with Christ. It might be towards this whole killing sin in your life piece. But what needs to physically happen? Do you need to get up tomorrow morning and say, hey, listen, 6 a.m., I'm getting up and spending time with Jesus. I'm going to write that on my guidelines. I'm getting up right now. I'm going to commit to this. 6 a.m. every day, I'm going I'm to spend time with Jesus. I, I put mine on, on here as well. I'm going to get lunch with Fred next week. I'm going to hang out with Emmanuel uh, in two weeks. I put on here that I'm going to read First and Second Timothy. Those are books for me that I feel like God's putting in my heart to read. These are guidelines for my life. I'm putting steps in place. I'm putting things in practice because I want to get better. I don't want to stay the same. I want you guys to get better. I don't want you guys to stay the same. What needs to happen? What steps need to take place so that your football team can know who Jesus is? Is it, one that, is it one person at a time? Is it the one guy that's asking you questions about why you go to church all the time? Is it that one guy? Your guardrails. Guardrails are meant to protect people from going off of giant ravines. And so when you're driving and you're not paying attention, you hit a guardrail, it's a good thing it was there. Um, because those guardrails keep you from going over the edge. And there's some things in your life that you need to protect yourself from. That's what a guardrail does. It protects you. It's, it's, it's an area of protection. And for me, here's what I put, and I do this all the time because I'm so terrible at this. I said, don't go to bed with my iPhone or iPad because I will waste time on there. Well, I, I could be spending my time doing way better things, like getting sleep <laughs> and, 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 and not like, you know, looking on YouTube or, you know, like playing a game or whatever that is. And for me, that's a guardrail for me because I'm wasting time. I could be doing so much better things and wasting time doing that. That's a guardrail for me. What's the guardrail for you? Is it the friends that you hang out with? Is it that girl you're dating? Is it that guy you're dating? Is it that relationship that's not, that's not looking that great? Is it the place that you hang out? What is the guardrail for you that you're saying, not going to do this anymore, not going to be a part of this anymore? I'm going to stop this in my life. I need, to, I need to make sure the guy with the computer in his room doesn't need to go away. That's a guardrail. When you say, listen, i got to struggle. i got to take that computer out of my room. I need to, I need to remove these, these privileges from myself. I need to get off Facebook for a while. What are these things for you? Because they're great to have ideas. It's so good to have ideas. It's even better to execute those things. And how much better is it going to be if we, if we realize and understand that, man, we can actually do the things that we put in the ground. We can do these things, guys. You can reach your football team. You can reach your volleyball team. You can reach your work. You can reach Silverado High School. You can reach Coronado High School. You can reach Del Webb. You can do these things. It just takes one step of obedience at a time. One more step of obedience at a time. I'm going to invite the band to come up. I'm going to let you guys to pray. We're going to bow our heads. And you guys are going to do that more in your groups as far as the cards and stuff. Um, but let me pray for us guys here real quick. Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I pray for um, this truth tonight. God, would we be serious in taking on 
got the challenge of, of, of finding out in our own lives where these guidelines and where these guardrails are. God, we believe that you are faithful. God, and it's not based on what we want. That's not based on what we like and what we desire. God, your faithfulness is based on what you promised. And I pray, God, for the students in this room tonight. God, would they get that? That, God, you are a faithful God because you had everything you promised in your word. God, you will promise to follow through with us. So as we, as, as, we, as we see these flags up here, God, the last week in a row, it does not end here tonight. It's because these flags go away and we go on to the next series, God, does not mean that these promises go away. These lands don't go away, God. We still go to them every single day. So God, would you stir in our hearts, God, would you help us to be committed to that, God, as we take these guidelines and guardrails home, God, we put these in a place that we look at every single morning we wake up. So when we go out, we say, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to follow through. It's not enough for me just to think about it and get jazzed about it, get excited about it. But God, I need to follow through. So you guys are praying there. I want you to talk to God for just a little bit. Ask him to show you what those are. God, what, do I need to, what are my guardrails? Who do I need to stop hanging out with? Who I, where do I need to stop being around to protect myself from sin and garbage in my life so I can kill the sin in my life? God, what are the things I need to start doing? Maybe it's a, a book I should read. Maybe it's just going out and making plans to hang out with somebody and just building that relationship with them. What needs to happen? Jesus, tonight, God, we open up ourselves to you. And God, we understand that, God, you are sovereign and in control. And God, you love us and you care for us deeply. And God, these things aren't aren't things that we can try to do to make sure that you love us more. But God, out of the overflow of this intimacy and this relationship with you, God, you stir us and you you brought us forward. And things that we can do, God, to to increase that level of relationship with you. God, we love you. Should we pray? Amen. So you guys, as as they play a few more songs, you guys can respond. You guys can pray. You guys can talk to God. But I encourage you guys, when we sing these songs after the messages, this is your response. Your worship is your response. Talk to God. Share with your God what's in your heart.